Hello! I'm gonna start this episode with two disclaimers. First one, if I sound crazy or have a lisp or, I don't know, sound weird at any moment, please ignore it. I just got my wisdom teeth removed a week ago and we're out here, we're trying our best. Yeah. Um, Disclaimer number two. Um, For everyone that is sending me suggestions or ideas, opinions, etc. I really, really, really do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. It means a lot that you guys are taking the time to offer me insight or that you even care enough to put your own thoughts and ideas towards this. But unfortunately, I don't think I will be taking any suggestions. It meant a lot to me that I was able to do this by myself and put it out there by myself. I originally planned to do this with one of my closest friends, but shout out to her. She is busy becoming a doctor, so she was not able to join me. And since then, I've really taken a few months to gather all my ideas and really carefully curate what I want on this podcast and what I want to say, how I want to deliver it, all that stuff. I had to put my big girl pants on. I was honestly not going to do it when my friend told me she wasn't going to be able to do it with me, but I, like I said, put my big girl pants on and went forward with it anyways, so it means a lot to me, and it's really important to me that this podcast remains just 100% what I put into it So again, thank you so much for your suggestions and your ideas, everyone that's offered me them. But yeah, I like already have an idea of how I want this to go and not only an idea, a whole notebook (laughs) of how I want this to go. So yeah, I will not be taking suggestions probably, but thank you. Um... Yeah, that's it. With that being said, today's episode is culture shock. It might get a little heavy, might get a little serious, but we're going to try to keep it lighthearted. Um, culture shock, I think, means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but in my life and in my experience, it's been the struggle of having to balance all my identities of being Pakistani and Muslim and American all at once. I think being Pakistani and Muslim are slightly synonymous, at least in my experience. I don't want to speak for anyone else, but in my life, that's been pretty synonymous. But those two identities have kind of been polar opposites from being American. And... It's taken me a long, long time, but I think where I am at this point, being 22, graduated from college and stepping into a new chapter of my life, I think I've found a way to really balance all of those identities. And I know the theory of intersectionality says that it's not about which identity of yours comes first. It's that you experience all of them at once. Which I could see, I could see that for some people, but I think for me, I've definitely had to put one of them first 
that being the Muslim part of my identity, I think that's most central to who I am and how I plan to carry my life forward. But yeah, I think the theory of intersectionality is great, but I don't necessarily think it ended up applying as much as it could have to my life. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, my experience with culture shock, I think, was the worst in high school, particularly when I was about 16-ish. I think that's when I had the hardest time with everything because, a little background, I went to the school for my freshman and sophomore years of high school, King, and it was it was a very predominantly white school. And I think as a result of going there, again, I'm not speaking on anybody else's experience, anybody else's identity, but for me, at least, I was super, super whitewashed when I went there. Um, but when I transferred to the school that I graduated from, that I attended for my junior and senior years north, I was kind of met with a whole different community where everyone was so open and diversity was so celebrated rather than masked and I think that was really confusing because that was the first time in my life I think I actually felt like oh crap I can display the Pakistani and Muslim side of my identity like I don't have to mask that I don't have to push it down because I was super I guess fobby I was like really fob when I was in elementary school but Somewhere in like middle school and my first two years of high school, I completely like shut that part of my identity down to fit in well. But then, like I said, junior year when I was 16, it was kind of like, oh crap, like the Pakistani Muslim side is really coming out and I didn't understand how to balance it and how to navigate it. And I think culture shock is so much more than we give it credit for not credit as in good credit as in bad credit like we minimize it we trivialize it so much but I think it actually is a pretty traumatic experience at least it was for me because I remember feeling really really isolated and really angry it led to a lot of rebellion mainly because I think the best way to describe it is I was always playing defense If I was at school, I was defending my Pakistani Muslim values to my friends or my teachers or whoever questioned them. And when I was at home, I was defending my American values to my parents. So basically, like, I was all on all the time. I was never chilling. I was never relaxed. I was always, I was always fighting for something. And while it's good to stand up for what you believe in and it's good to have fight in you, I think it's really rigorous when you're trying to figure out who you are and like where you belong in the world to always be fighting. It's just too much. And especially because I think at that time I didn't really have, I mean, I had Desi people like around me that I was close to, but they weren't really part of my daily life. Like, two of my best friends are Indian and Hindu, and but they're not, or at least at that time, they weren't really daily, like, we didn't speak on a daily basis. 
we only got to see each other so often. So in my daily life, I felt really, really isolated because literally no one could sympathize with what I was going through. My parents could not understand why I was so American and my friends could not understand what pressures I had coming from home to uphold my Muslim values. Um, yeah, and that led to a lot of rebellion. Like, I was that wild child in high school. I'm so sorry, mom, if you hear this. Um, <laughs> that was, like, wearing tights under a dress to school and sneaking the tights off when I got to school. Like, it was... It was a whole year my whole junior year was just was just that um I guess because I was just so angry because I did not know what part of my culture to identify with or which side to identify with it was it was hard it was really stressful um I kind of wanted to break this up into three sections I think there's three really big components of culture shock there's one that you feel with the outside world there's one that you feel at home with your family and then there's one that you struggle with within yourself um basically i think i think the outside world one that component of culture shock that was never really heartbreaking that was more that was just frustrating. Sometimes it still is. Like, sometimes I will still experience this. And I've gotten older. I know how to deal with it better. I've gotten more comfortable in my role and who I am. And I'm able to stand up for myself and my values very easily. But that wasn't always the case. But yeah, I would find myself really frustrated because, like, you're just always trying to defend what it means to be Muslim and what it means to be Pakistani in America. I'm constantly defending my mom's choice to be a hijabi to people, constantly defending anyone's choice to be a hijabi. That's just one example I guess I could find. Um, Defending the idea of quote-unquote arranged marriages, which we'll get into that later, but the notion that people have of arranged marriages, which really, like I said, we'll get into this later, but y'all calm down it's not as deep as you think it is um but yeah just always having to defend that and being like there's a reason for that there's a reason why this is part of our values and it's not oppressive it's not what you think um but then there's also it's hard to do that It's hard to defend those values when you yourself are struggling so much with them, which is what I mean when I say the component of culture shock that goes on within yourself and the one that leads to so much anger and so much rebellion because I think for the longest, I think all throughout high school, I had the worst relationship with my religion and I'll also get into this later. I have a whole episode planned on this, but I think everyone's relationship with their religion is so sacred and I really, really strongly believe that can't be pushed on anyone and it shouldn't be pushed on anyone. Everyone's relationship with God and their religion should be their own. It should not be dictated by anyone, but yeah, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox for now. That's, that's for a later day, but 
line with Islam was so, so, so awful for so long in high school, like during most of my teenage years, because I felt so confused. On one hand, I would really, really want to aggressively defend it in public, like at school when my friends are like, what? You're not allowed to date? What is that? Like, of course you want to be like, well, it's in my religion. Like, that's just what my religion tells me. So, and it's for good reason. I could see why that's a rule, you know, you back it up because it's, I think in that time I was backing it up just because it's what I was told to do. You know, everyone, like in any religion, you're told to stand up for your values or stand up for your morals, whatever. Um, but I don't think I really felt that coming from anywhere within. It might have just been the anger from being a Scorpio and teen angst put together that made me want to stand up for my religion. But I think I myself was really, really struggling with what it meant to be Muslim and I felt repressed, which kind of made my mom go into this whole feminist sector of Islam where she learned about a lot of the rules that are set in place for women and why they occur and she had to educate herself and then me on that. I think it just came with having such a headstrong, annoying kid that was always just like, but why this? But why that? Why not for boys? Why only for girls? And my mom, I think, just got sick of it and was like, oh my god, fine, I'll tell you why. (laughs) And I think learning that, I think that was around the time I was like 18 and my mom really started teaching me all that stuff and it made the biggest difference. I'll get into this during the Islamic episode too, but yeah, for the longest I had such a rebellious view against Islam where I just didn't want to practice it. I didn't, I mean, of course I identified as Muslim. I said I was Muslim, but I think it was just like a label on my forehead. It wasn't really about feeling it on the inside or wanting to practice it because it conflicted so heavily with my American identity that it was just really rough. I just wanted to fight. Like I said, like I was just fighting on every end. I was fighting Islam within myself. I was fighting being American within myself. I was fighting being Pakistani. Like it was just, I was just at war with everything. And I think that was, well, not I think, that was definitely a byproduct of culture shock. I just, I could not, I could not marry all three identities together and put them in to harmony like I could not figure out how to balance all three it was one or the other or none of them at that point it was none of them like I could not I was not comfortable with anything being any of those identities because I'd get frustrated with being American too because I'd hear like oh that's so oppressive that women have to do this and I'm like okay well it's not necessarily oppressive but what are you proving by doing this or by like you think it's oppressive that we cover our skin but what are you proving by showing your skin like it was just do I necessarily believe that anymore not really I I'm very into like to each their own whatever you want to do as long as you're comfortable and as long as you respect yourself but at the time like I was 16 I was so confused I was just angry on all ends like I said but yeah okay so I think I've covered the frustration of 
culture shock in the outside world and within yourself. But I think the most heartbreaking of all is culture shock in the dynamic of your family. That, I think, has to be the worst effect of culture shock because it just creates such a huge barrier between you and your parents. Um, I was ready to go in on this episode. I have a whole page of notes about going in about boohoo, poor me, look what I went through. But then this is literally take four of this episode. So in like the first or second one, I think I had an epiphany of or about, oh my God, my parents went through the exact, okay, not exact same thing. I think our experiences with culture shock are very different generationally, but it took me this long to realize that they went through culture shock too. Um, point being, there's just such a huge barrier that comes between you and your parents when culture shock is going on because everything that either party does looks like a mistake to the other. For example, this is totally hypothetical. I don't want any auntie clocking me at the next desi party like, beta you liked a boy don't even this is purely hypothetical for example say i came home and was like mom i like a boy at school what do i do how do i go about it um in my mom's eyes that's a mistake because i'm being too american and she'd probably Again, in this hypothetical situation, she would not punish, but she'd probably reprimand me in some way for being or for liking a boy at school, like I said. To me, that would look like a mistake because my mom's not giving me emotional support. She's not being nurturing. She's not being there for me. And I think that's that's the worst effect of culture shock because that creates such a like misinterpretation it miscommunication it just creates such a barrier between you and your parents there's such a big wall up that literally took me years and sometimes still I'll still feel like I'm trying to tear that wall down or like my mom and my dad are trying to tear that wall down with me and my brother that was probably really grammatically incorrect please don't don't come for me I'm I'm rambling we're being as educated as we possibly can but I don't know um yeah I think just everything looks like a mistake and it makes you see your parents as the enemy it makes our parents see us as the enemy I don't want to speak for everyone but I can guess that it's really similar for a lot of Desi kids growing up whose parents came to America but then I realized that our parents went through this too they came here when they were in like their early 20s you know they came here when they were our age with nothing like I said in my immigrants episode they really did so much they came here and it's not like they could talk to their parents about the culture shock they were experiencing their parents didn't experience any of that they didn't go through that they were they're in their homeland they're in their motherland but our parents came here in such a foreign scary place especially being desi like at least in my experience, being Muslim is so, so, so opposed in American society. And our parents came here with nothing, being like the complete, what it 
in American minds, in American society, what looks like the most anti-American identity. They came here like that and they were just doing their best to raise their kids with their Pakistani mindset, which, yeah, it wasn't the best idea, but like I said, they were just doing their best. It's, I can't even imagine how hard that is. My mom was just telling me the other day, like, yeah, we were really strict. Like she was talking about collectively, desi parents who came here. Like, yeah, we're really strict on you guys and we were really strict on you guys growing up, but it's because like we didn't know how to raise you guys being American and living in America with Pakistani values or with Muslim values. Like it was so hard to instill that. She was like, we just did the best we could. We tried to instill that in your guys' minds and in your values while still letting you be free i will say my parents did a an amazing job they did their like absolute best to make sure my brother and i got to experience everything they let us go to prom they let us hang out with our friends on friday nights like they let us do pretty much everything i think the mentality was still i don't want to say closed-minded i just want to say different i want to say Pakistani like it was a very Pakistani mindset to have sometimes in their way of raising us but they definitely really tried to let us experience everything that we could while still like my mom loves to say staying within our limits um so yeah shout out to my parents they did they did a great job because I know so many parents that won't even let their kids like hang out with their friends and they're like 18 and they're still not like they have They're not even allowed to go to dinner with their friends. So my parents really did try their best. But I think it's that emotional support that was lacking a little bit. Which I feel like that's that's true for a lot of immigrant parents. I think our parents had to be really tough and really hard to survive in the situation that they were given. And I think it translated to tough love. And we'll kind of get into this in another episode too. But yeah, like they were just, they were experiencing culture shock in their own way, in their own field or lives, whatever. I I ramble a lot, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, they were experiencing it too. And they were just making the best of the situation that they were put in. And... Yeah, like I said, our parents made sure we were fed, clothed, educated. They took care of all of that. I think sometimes the emotional support was a little bit lacking, but that's that's culture shock for you. Like that's probably how they grew up too. But I think where I'm trying to get at or what I'm trying to get at in this episode is Just keep a line of communication open, whether you're the parent or whether you're the kid, whether you're the immigrant parent or you're the first generation kid, try to keep that line of communication open. My parents' friends were visiting a couple months ago and the auntie sat my mom down and like called on me for help too because her eldest daughter is about to go into high school. And I'm going to get through this without, like, putting their business out there. But basically, she was like, what the heck do I do? Like, 
do I let her go out? Do I keep her home? How do I make sure she's still, again, staying within our limits? You know, the desi thing. She was like, how do I do that? Like, do I let her be free? Do I let her make mistakes? Or do I dictate her? Like, what do I do? And I was like, honestly, the best thing you can do is just keep that line of communication open. Just, I think it would have made the biggest difference in my experience with culture shock and probably a lot of other Desi kids, their experiences with culture shock. If our parents just kind of let us know that they were a safe place. And so that's what I told her. I was like, just let your kids know that it's safe to talk to you. Like, let them know that even if you don't like what you're about to hear or if you're not going to like it, like, just be honest. Just talk to your parents before something bad happens. For example, like, I would rather my kids talk to me say they like have a crush on someone at school i'd rather they come tell me that rather than mom i messed up i'm pregnant like please don't come to me with that please come to me before that but i think that's a luxury that we didn't have again our parents were trying their very very best i understand why they weren't able to look at that with emotional support but hell no i could not come home and tell my mom that i liked a boy at school like she would have oh i would have been on a plane to pakistan But that's the thing. Like, if your kids are coming and telling you something that's natural and that's gonna happen, like, kids are gonna get curious. We're gonna be attracted to people. Like, you you just have to take that as it is and be appreciative that your kids came to you before the fact or before anything that maybe you didn't want to happen happened. Um, Okay, I'm gonna touch on a slightly, not inappropriate, but kind of inappropriate topic like the topic of premarital sex in islam very forbidden very against islam which that's fine i'll take it i like i said i've reached a place where i'm very comfortable with my identity as a muslim it's the most central and most important part of my identity so i'll probably not probably i will definitely instill that in my kids values as well like please please let's wait till marriage but yeah like that's a huge thing in islam and in our values and what we're taught so yeah like i can see that being something they see parents want to prevent their kids from doing so stop slapping them on the wrist stop punishing them for talking to you when they like someone because chances are if they're coming to you when they just like someone or have a crush on someone nothing has happened yet but if you smack them on the wrist and punish them for even opening up that much they're never gonna tell you anything again until it's your kids like eight months pregnant then what now they're coming to you because there's no way to hide it anymore. But point being, like, just let your kids talk to you. Let them be open and honest with you. Let them have that open line of communication where they know that they're safe at home. Because I guarantee you, if they're not safe at home, if they don't think they're safe at home, they think they're safe somewhere else, and that could be in the wrong hands. That could be in someone that... They could be confiding in someone that you might think is a bad influence on them. And yeah, like what else were they going to do? If you don't let them know that they're safe to talk to you, they're going to talk to that person that might egg them on to do something that Islamically is against the rules. I don't really want to say against the rules because some Amer- again, some American people might listen to this and be like, wow, that's so backwards and this isn't the Stone Ages. Like, but this is a whole different ballpark. This is Islam. This is being Pakistani 
or desi like that's just one of our values get over it point being keep that line of communication open parents but also kids i think we had to learn to be so secretive because like i said that culture shock created that barrier between us and our parents we weren't offered the luxury of be honest with us and we won't send you to pakistan like that wasn't that's not a thing but going forward i really hope it is i really hope kids will be more honest with their parents i hope my kids will be super super honest with me i don't ever want them to think that they can't talk to me about something i mean yeah it might not be something i want to hear but i'd rather hear it and be able to set them on what is islamically the right track like i said i'm going to keep saying islamically because americans might or yeah american people might find it like suggestive or offensive whatever but what we islamically believe to be the right path to you know like stay away from weed stay away from drinking stay away from dating or premarital relations things like that like we believe that that's the right path you know so if you want to keep your kids on that let them talk to you but kids also go to your parents talk to them like they should be a safe place they might not be but we as a desi community just have to do better about that we have to be better about hearing things that we might not want to hear parents you might hear something from your kid you don't want to hear kids you might get a little bit of pushback from your parents when you come home telling them you like someone at school or something like that or you tried something you weren't supposed to try (laughs) they're not going to be happy but it should be a space of nurturing and a place of growth that should be within your home. So, yeah. Culture shock is really, really nasty. It's awful. Super traumatic. Leaves almost lifelong wounds, I would say. But I think if we as a Daisy community just leave that line of communication open on both ends, this isn't to drag the parents and this isn't to drag the kids. This is just for everyone. If we keep that line of communication open, maybe we can at least minimize the effects of culture shock. Yeah, that's that's all I have for today. Thanks for tuning in. I'll talk to you guys next time.